It's actually an exciting point to finish this. Completion's always um, a positive. And then when we're, we're seeing through this growth and understanding what that looks like um, in our lives and seeing this completion, then um, we'll see how it propels us one into this next season as we look forward to Christ's birth and then also as we continue in the life of Watershed, just where the gospel will take us in that. Um, but if you have it in Second Peter, um, we are, are focusing just on one verse, the very last verse. We've used it as the benediction for the entirety of this series. And um, so if you'll follow along with that, um, we'll get into what we have today. And it's in Second Peter 3.18. It says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. If y'all pray with me, we'll ask the Spirit's guidance through this. God, we just thank you that, that we have your truth. We thank you that we can see your truth, that we can open the words that you've given us, God, and that it would be alive, that 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 it would touch our hearts in a way that nothing else can, Father God. Just pray today that your spirit would guide us through this, that it would be your truth revealed to us, and that our lives would never be the same because of it. And it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. When we think about growth, sometimes we look at our lives and we find that our growth is stunted, not because of our inability to grow, but because of misunderstanding of what growth looks like. We have this understanding of, of how we are to grow. We have this understanding of what that should look like or what we think it should look like. And then when we don't see that, we're, we're frustrated. We get confused. And it's not that, that we can't grow. It's that we misunderstand what that looks like in our lives. Um, you, you can think of this. When I, was a, when I was a kid growing up, my granddad had built an addition to the back of their house. It's basically a glorified covered porch. Um, but... Um, I always wanted to touch the ceiling. It was a real low ceiling. And so that was always my goal. We'd go over there. Almost every Sunday, we'd have lunch there. And I'd always reach up and try to, try to touch it. And I always was frustrated until the day I could because I couldn't see any progress. Because I was thinking that it should happen quickly and it wasn't this long process. And so I had a misunderstanding of what my growth would look like. I wanted it now instead of the process of gaining it. And so when I would think of just that, I would be frustrated. You didn't see anything happening. And often that's the way we approach our growth spiritually is we don't necessarily see it happening right when we want it, so we get frustrated. And we think that we're not able to understand this, that, that some people are just gifted in understanding the Scripture and we're not. But it's, but it's not that way. Yes, there's different levels and people mature differently, but that doesn't mean that we all can't grow. It's, a misunderstanding of what we've told ourselves growth should look like. And, and to understand how we grow, we need to see the reality of who we are. We, we need to have an honest perspective of who we are. And it's not until we truly see who we are and who God is that we'll actually see growth. It's this growth that we desire spiritually that, that often when we open God's word, we want, to see this, we want to see this growth, but we don't have it because we don't understand who we are in relation to who God is. And so we're, we're going through our lives with just our own understandings instead of his 
perspective. And so as we finish this series, we're, we're basically, this last verse, uh, we're basically left with kind of a recipe of growth. We, we've talked about how he's, he's touching on growth and he's showing spiritual uh, aspects and then saying that once the gospel's going, people are gonna try to pervert that gospel and, and change it. But this last verse it, it's, it's basically a recipe for growth, what it's going to look like. And not just because it says grow, not just because it's but grow. It's, it's what happens after that statement that really shows us what that'll look like. And so today we really find that, that we, we learn that our growth is possible. That's not only possible, but it's a progressive growth. It, it builds on itself. And then, and then finally we find the purpose of that growth. What is the point of it? And, and we see all that in this one little verse. And so the first thing that we have to do, though, is understand that our growth is possible. It's possible to grow. And, and we see that the first of that, that verse says, but grow. And it's two simple words, but yet it's so profound in what Peter's saying there. He's saying, but grow. He's not stay where you are. Growth isn't something that's taken lightly, but it, yet it's something we should focus everything about our lives on. We should not be willing to sit where we are. We should want to grow. And we understand here when Peter says, but grow, we understand that it is possible. And, and a lot of times you might be in a, a, a season in your life where you just can't seem to understand anymore. You, it's like you're stuck. And so you, you forget that it's still possible to grow. It is possible. And, and it's funny to say it this way, but growth is essential to growth. But what I mean by that is, if we don't see that we can grow, then we're never going to grow. So just the fact that, that growth, it's happening, means that it can continue, that it is possible. We're not stuck where we are. It's a, it's a process throughout life that we grow. And that's what Peter's saying. He's like, but grow. Don't stay where you are. Increase, increase. And, and this is something that, that we actually have over and over in Scripture, the first is Second Peter. In Second Peter 1, the 5 through 7, he gives us that, those guidelines. The first verse of that, verse 5, it says, For this reason, make every effort to supplement your faith. Supplement. It's adding something to it. It's growing. Supplement these things to your faith. In Ephesians 4.15, Paul says, Rather speaking in truth and love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. So we're not only just to grow, but we're, our growth is possible because it's going somewhere. It's to grow in him. The goal of our lives should be that we grow closer and closer to Christ, who is our king, who is our head, so that one day we realize that we are under him still. Not that we can obtain that here, but that should be the projection. In Colossians 1.10, Paul says again, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge. It's this process of increase, walk in a manner worthy, but increase in that knowledge. It's not just doing the things, it's increasing the knowledge too. It's an understanding. Colossians 2 says, not holding fast to the head from which the whole body, the head being Christ, from which the whole body nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. And so we see that our growth is possible, but it's not possible because of us. It's possible because of him. He nourishes us. He pours himself out into us, and the growth that we experience isn't because of us. It's because of him. So if we want to increase or if we want to grow, we need to realize that it's not because of us that growth is possible. It's because of him. And that's what, a, that's what a good father would want. 
If you have kids, you understand that. You don't want them to stay where they are. You want them to grow and understand more and gain knowledge. And it's the same thing with us, with God, is he wants us to become involved in what he's doing in our lives. He wants us to understand that, to grow in that knowledge. And it's without that growth, we can't move forward in life. And that's a lot of, when you think of a lot of this, it it seems stupid to say, but oftentimes we forget that. Yeah, we can't move forward if we don't grow. We realize that physically, but we never realize that spiritually, that we can't move forward into the next season and what God wants us to do if we're not growing spiritually alongside it. And so that's what we have to ask ourselves. Are, Are we stuck? Are we stuck spiritually? Because we have to realize that if we are, do you think that it's possible to outgrow where you are? Because if you don't think it's possible, it's not gonna happen. The, the possibility of growth means that we're gonna, we're gonna pour into the scripture. We're gonna come to it expecting something because we know that there's more. So growth, it's not only possible, but it's necessary. If we're to impact the world around us with the gospel, we have to be growing in that because that's where people see change. If we're not growing, then we just look like people that, that are crazy that get up early on Sunday mornings. There's no difference in life because we're just stuck where we are. And that doesn't mean that we're stuck where we are and, and we conform to the same. No, it's growth. It, it exponentially increases our diversity because then God uses us in different ways. The gospel doesn't say become like me. It says come to me because I've created you in the way that you are. And I'm going to use that specifically. If we were all the same, then it wouldn't be much fun. Life would just be kind of boring. I think I'd get bored with myself. I do when I'm alone already. That's why I guess technology is always getting get lost in there because we're bored with ourselves. And it's the same thing. In Hebrews 5 um, we see a very purposeful thing that we need to look at. Um, just, I'll just read it to you. It's Hebrews 5, 11 through 14. It says, In this we have much to say, and it's hard to explain since you've become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. So right here the, the writer of Hebrews is saying, you should be teachers by now. You should be teachers but you've become dull of hearing. So instead of being the teacher that you ought to be, you now need someone to teach you again. You see right here, they're talking about this growth that hasn't happened. And so what's happened? They've actually regressed spiritually. You haven't grown. You're not a teacher anymore. You're dull of hearing. You don't understand it. So now you need someone to teach you again. The basic principles. The basic principles. And it continues that you need milk not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is an unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. So our growth is literally like a child where we need someone to teach us everything that, that attains to life. And then verse 14, Hebrews 5 says, but solid food is for the mature. For those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguishing good from evil. It's that last part that, that sends us into this next point that Peter's getting at. But solid food's for the mature. So you're going to grow into maturity spiritually. How? You've got your powers of discernment trained. Well, how do you train them? By constant practice. 
It's a continual growth. Constant practice to do what? Distinguish good from evil. Notice it doesn't say separate ourselves from the world. It doesn't say anything. It says distinguishing good from evil. So growth spiritually doesn't just keep us where we are. We progress. We constantly train ourselves to do what? To distinguish good from evil. And to do that, then we can go into the world because we see what's good and evil. We can test the spirits and see what's good and hold on to those. So growth is possible and it's actually essential. You see the next part of this, uh, of, of verse 18, says, but grow, and then what? In the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that, that, this is where we get the next part, is that growth is progressive. It builds on each other. You can see that physically, but we often don't see that spiritually. It's not learning something once or twice. It's progressive. It's building on this so that you can go to the next step into the next step. It doesn't leave that behind. It carries it with it. It, it. it redefines it differently. It's continually advancing. We see this spiritually, or see this physically, but we don't spiritually. We think that we're gonna get past that basic stuff. And it's, no, it's because of the basic stuff that we can then grow. So if you don't have the foundation then you don't have what you need to grow. That's why in, in this whole part of Second Peter, talking about false teachers, that's why it's critical to growth. If you don't understand the true gospel and how people come to distort that gospel, then you can't grow. You're gonna be stuck there, not knowing what to do. So we should constantly practice distinguishing good from either. Growth is progressive because we never stop growing. There's not a point where we're gonna stop growing. Even physically, our bodies continue to change throughout life. We might not continually get taller, but it's changed. Growth is just adding something to. It's not necessarily taller. A lot of times we associate that. Well, I didn't grow as much because I'm shorter. No, it's not that. It's, it's adding to it. It's not, and, and when we understand that, that we realize that it's not merely just coming to church. It's not merely doing the things that we feel that are Christian. It's, it's building upon those things. It's everything's purposeful. Why? Because we're growing. We're moving forward into something better. And it comes from a proper understanding of who we are and who God is. There's a, some of you uh, have already seen this. There's a a curriculum called Gospel Center Life. It's by a pastor named Bob Thune. And in there, the very start of it, he has this little grid. You can go ahead and put it. He calls it cross chart. I always call it gospel grid because that's the chapter that it's in and the thing. But, but this, this is what he's talking about. This is progressive growth. So if you'll look real quick, I'll explain what it is. You, this is a timeline of our life. At conversion, we understand the gospel. Our, our life has changed. The Spirit makes us new, gives us this heart. It's not rebelling against God anymore. It brings it to life, a heart of stone into a heart of flesh. And then what happens from that point is we should always, on the top, have a growing awareness of God's holiness. We should see who God is should always be continuing to understand who God is. As we grow in our lives, as we see things happening in our lives, we understand how good God is. But, but we should also, on this bottom side, we should have a growing awareness of the way he says, my flesh and sinfulness, a growing awareness of our sinfulness. And as we grow spiritually, as we get into the word, we understand who we really are. And if we understand who we really are, we realize the magnitude of our sin. 
And we realize that how dead we are. And so that's why you have the cross here in the middle. Because what's the bridge from our sinfulness to God's holiness? It's the gospel. So as we grow, as we progress into our lives and understand that we are that sinful, it's okay that we understand that. Why? Because we understand how holy he is. And we understand that his son came to die for us. And so what this picture shows is that it's a healthy thing to understand who we are. Because if we don't understand who we are, the gospel is really small. Another part of this um, that I didn't put in here, I can just show you, is if we ever forget how sinful we are, you can just draw a line straight across. And our growth is stunted, not because the gospel is smaller, but because our understanding of it is. If we ever think that we're really not that sinful, then the gospel is really not that big, because I did part of that. And if we ever think that we're really good, and that so I can, I can do this on my own, we, we bring God's holiness down to our level. We, makes it, we make it manageable, palatable. And so we see that it's a progressive growth. That gap should get wider and wider, which means the gospel's impact in our life becomes bigger and bigger because we understand how sinful we are and how holy he is. And that's the growth that Peter's talking about, that we're talking about. It's a growth that's progressive because if you don't start with it, you can never move forward. You're going to be stuck where you are. If you get to the point where you stop seeing your sin, then you're going to be stuck there spiritually. Your maturity is going to be stunted. So we see that, that growth is a progressive thing. That's growth in the grace and knowledge. And that's what this picture is showing. It's showing grace and knowledge of who Christ is. The grace because we are that sinful Romans 3.23, the wages of sin is death. We all deserve death because we're sinful. Not just a physical death, but a spiritual death. Separated from Christ. We deserve that. So the mere fact that we have Jesus entering in history is evidence of grace. The fact that we exist is evidence of grace. So we grow in that knowledge of that grace. And it propels us forward. It's a spiritual progression. We're not stuck where we are. We're not stagnant and start regressing like the author of Hebrews was saying. We don't need to be taught that again because we understand it and we build on that. And we continue to have that separation and the gospel continues to reveal itself for what it actually is. That's how you can be gospel-centered. That's how you can be driven by the gospel is because you understand that there is nothing I could do to bridge that gap. It took Jesus, and he did it. The last thing we see is that, that growth is purposeful. There, there's a purpose to our growth, and, and this is a lot of times one of the hardest places that we get stuck on it. It's the, the purpose of our growth is not to bring glory and show stuff to ourselves, but to bring glory to God. That's the last part of that verse, 318. To him be the glory both now into the day of eternity. Growth is progressive, which means that it has a purpose. If something is moving forward bigger and bigger, there's a purpose to it. It's not just a random process. It's not just a, a random thing. It has a purpose. It allows us to interact without growing and understanding all the more 
then we're not going to interact with the world. We're not going to see that. And so we see that it's a purpose, and that purpose is different than what we think. If we think through our understanding and not look at the world, we think that, that the purpose of growth is to point at what we're doing. I'm understanding this more. Look what I'm doing. That's not what Peter says. It says, no, it's to him be the glory. So the mere fact that we grow, and that we're capable of growing, and that there's a, a visible progression in our lives doesn't point to us. It points to him. It's him be the glory. But notice that, that verse 13. He says two ways are the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. Now is implying right here in the world. What we are doing now should be bringing glory to him. Not because we're able to do it, because he's allowed us to do it. That we're growing because of what he gave us. And, and we, we're able to do that when we see the world through the gospel. Because if we, we look at that, that chart and we understand our sinfulness, then we understand that everyone is that sinful. So all of a sudden, the, the people that are hard to get along with are no worse condition than you were in front of God. That doesn't mean that they're going to be easier necessarily all the time to interact with. It doesn't mean there's this magical thing that people aren't jerks. No, it just means you see it differently. Because we have a love that was shown to us so that we can show them. It's progressive. It's purposeful. The purpose is to bring glory to him. And when we love people that are unlovable, all of a sudden that changes because people aren't that way. That's why we have to be ready to have an excuse for the joy we have because it points somewhere else. Once we see the world through the filter of the gospel, that's when we can live our daily lives. That's when we see growth. And that's when we can then point our lives back to him. And that's what Peter's saying. Both to, to him be the glory, both now. What we're doing now should be bringing glory to God. That's the whole point of the, when, you, when you get into theology and you study some of the, the themes from the Reformation and the Protestant Reformation, you see the solas. There's five solas. The last one is soli deo gloria. It's glory to God. And, it's, and it's, really, it's really cool if you, you study that time period, everyone used that phrase. There's, there were composers. They would sign the bottom of their composition, Soli Deo Gloria. And what they were meaning by that is this is to bring glory to God. He gave me this ability. And so they would sign it like that. But, but we've lost that in our culture because everything points to what we did, what we've done to get where we are. Even if it's school and, and going to getting degrees and all that, it's I was able to study. Look what I did. Instead of saying, no, he gave me the ability to do that. So we, when we understand that, the world becomes different. There's a different point in this world. Our life has purpose. Why? To bring glory to him because he loved me. Because I was that sinful. Yet he pulled me out of that because of his son. Our growth points people to God. And then that brings glory to him. If we're progressing and we're purposeful about seeing the gospel change people's lives, there's only one place that that glory goes, and that's to the one that allowed it to happen, both now and then the day of eternity. That's setting up the fact that Christ will always be getting the glory for that. As you see, something 
happen here in this verse too is that he says that we should grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you stop there, you could misunderstand it. But the fact that he adds, to him be the glory, puts Christ in a position of deity. He's asserting that Christ is fully God because God is the one that gets glory for eternity because there will be a return. That's the whole part of that the second chapter is there is hope because he's coming back. There is hope because he's coming back. And when he comes back, he will judge as he righteously can. And then that glory will be given to him both through judgment and through acknowledging those that he has brought in. Everything points glory to him. Everything points to his righteousness. But a lot of times what we do with that, we understand that as we forget our individuality. I can't stress that enough that we're not, and the gospel doesn't call us to change who we are. It uses those gifts for a different purpose, for its intended purpose. And that's why diversity is good. That's why a church should be diverse as its culture around it because it, the gospel does that. It doesn't change people and, and say you have to be all like us. No, it just changes your abilities and your gifts. We talked in one of the first, uh, first uh, services as a church and, and talking about letting Jesus change our perspective. And we used Paul as an example of this. When, when Paul was converted, when he was Saul and he, he had an encounter with Christ and he was blind, and it, it didn't magically change who he was it changed his perspective on the world. The very things that, that Paul had in his life that made him be the Pharisee of Pharisees, he was highly educated. He was, he was that guy is the exact reason why he became the primary writer of the New Testament. That's who he was. That's how he was different than the other apostles. We always, we always forget that. We think that, that Jesus just uses people that aren't intelligent or they were just common. Paul wasn't common. What it was is it was an encounter with Christ and the gospel changed his life. And then he used the gifts that he already had through that perspective. And that's the same thing we're to do. We use the gifts we have for a purpose. And that's to bring glory to God in any way we can. We do that where we are. And that's what I'm supposed to do as a, as a teacher. How am I teaching? How am I leading people? Not just kids, the families that points back to God. Everything that we do in the business world, you interact with people. As, as soldiers, how does that point to the gospel? That's how it works. It doesn't change who we are. It changes the perspective by which we live because growth is that progressive and it always changes. And the purpose of it is to bring glory. So all you have to do is, is ask yourself, are you seeing growth? If you're not, do you think it's possible? Do you really think that you can advance where you are spiritually, mature? And then if, it, and if you do believe that, what are you doing about that? Are you getting into the word? Because it's not just going and doing things. It's submitting to him. It's studying the word. It's allowing that to resonate in our life. And it's growth it comes from seeing through the lens of the gospel. So if you're stuck where you are, do you see people through the gospel? 
Do you see people as just as you were that are far from God because of sin? And you see it through the gospel as an opportunity to love while they're unlovable because we were loved while we were unlovable. And when you start seeing that, start seeing things that way, you'll, you'll realize that you're understanding more. You're able to look at situations and understand why it's not just crazy life, but there's an answer. There's a hope that the world can offer. There's a hope that the world can offer because there's only one source of that growth. There's only one source. There's a lot of counterfeit sources, but there is one true source. And so we need to see that. We need to understand that our nature is opposed to God. Even after we understand the gospel, our heart still draws us away and and the enemy wants us to realize and wants us to think that we can't go any further. Just get stuck where you are. We have to fight that. We have to realize that we are sinful. And that's why the gospel is such a good thing. It's not good news because we have salvation by itself. It's good news because we have salvation. It doesn't leave us there. It carries it along. It brings us forward. And so we see that. We start with who God is and start with ourself. Because then the only thing that can happen through that is the gospel. And the gospel then allows us to grow and move forward. We see things differently Not because we've changed, but because the gospel's alive in us and allows us to see that, allows us to see differently. We remind ourselves of the gospel. That way we can tell others what we've been given. That's why why it's so good to tell your story. Not that people won't argue and doubt you, but because that's how the gospel's impacted your life. The way it touched my life is different than the way it touched yours. There's similarities because we're all sinners. And some people have very dramatic testimonies and others don't really. But it's still life coming after death. And there's only one way for that to happen. And that is Christ entering the world and dying for us. And that's what we have to realize. That's what propels us to grow that it is possible because of that. But it's not a one-time thing. It's not an open the door and you're there. It builds on that. It grows on that. It grows on that. That's why you have people that you can learn from because they're further along in that process. It doesn't have to be physically either. It's not just older people that have that. Now, a lot of times it is because they've grown more throughout life. They've seen the gospel experience, but you can also have people that are younger that understand it more. They can teach those. So you have to realize that. The growth is possible, but it's not unique. Or it's not the same. It's unique to everyone. Where I grew up set me up in a certain way. The gospel is going to build on that and grow. Where you did, the gospel changes that. It propels you in that way so that you can then preach the gospel. That's why we do this. As we respond with worship and thanksgiving because of what he's done. So in a sec, Will's gonna, we're gonna have a final song. And like I've said before, that it's a, it's a response. One to the message, one to the word, but, but also to him. And so as we sing that song, think of the words because 
Everything that, that we sing, it points to that. The words were purposely written to remind us of the glories of the gospel. And so we, we think of that and we thank him for that and we respond in that way. Let's pray.